Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you could have been anywhere else in the world tonight, but you're here with us at the magical TTA Studios as we present DCN This Week, your weekly news and information show provided to you by the Disney Crew for the week of May 21st, 2018. On tonight's show, we have an In the News segment that attempts to start beef with another podcast host. We learn the great backstory of a not-so-great land and animal kingdom. And we get real in a segment we like to call Brooks Not Impressed. So settle in, grab a drink, you just may learn something. All on DCN This Week. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for your DCN This Week show. I'm your host, Tommy, and joining me on the TTA Studios desk tonight is Brooke. Good evening, Brooke. Good evening, Tommy. Let's check what's happening in the news. Our top story this week, fire erupted on the Maleficent Dragon Float during the Festival of Fantasy Parade at the Magic Kingdom. The flames engulfed the head of the dragon and sparks and embers flew all around before cast members could get on site to suppress the fire. Spectators looked on in awe, snapping pictures and posting videos all over social media. Upon realization that the spectacle was garnering significant attention from park goers, Disney officials were quick to spring into action. Cast members rapidly roped off a special area, specifically for those guests willing to pony up an extra $50 for premium fire views and only first-degree burns. For those guests staying at the Contemporary Resort in Walt Disney World, you'll be able to catch a glimpse of the riveting ground clearing happening at the Magic Kingdom as the park prepares for the construction of the all-new Tron roller coaster coming in 2021. The construction ongoing in the Tomorrowland area could impact guests visiting that land in the park, but on an up note, at least we got rid of all those pesky trees. Numerous users on Reddit claimed to have contracted a vicious stomach virus from eating food items purchased from the limited-time food kiosks set up for the Flower and Garden Festival happening in Epcot right now. In his review of the violent effects of the stomach virus, noted Disney enthusiast and podcaster Lou Mangiello gave it five stars and said, this is the best stomach virus Disney has ever created. The Disney Now app, which is an app for your streaming devices that shows current and past Disney Channel shows, has also added a park section where you can view parades and fireworks directly from the parks. Recently, the app added the nighttime shows Rivers of Light from the Animal Kingdom Park. This is really great. Now you don't have to go to the Animal Kingdom, wait in line, and sit with thousands of people to be bored out of your mind watching this show. In Don't We Have Bigger Fish to Fry news, Disney fans are up in arms about recent changes happening at the Whispering Canyon Cafe at the Wilderness Lodge in Walt Disney World. In years past, the restaurant's waiters would mess with the customers by playing little tricks on them and giving them a hard time. According to Walt Disney World Today on Twitter, all that nonsense has been stopped. No longer will the waiters be involved in good-natured ribbing and sarcastic comments as part of the atmosphere of the restaurant. 
guests of Whispering Canyon Cafe who are still interested in hearing sarcastic comments and rude behavior with their dinner will now simply have to eavesdrop to a neighboring table where no doubt they'll be able to hear an exasperated father who's had it just about up to here with his nagging mother-in-law who will never view him as good enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can afford this meal, okay? I'm sorry I'm not a lawyer like, like, like Travis. I... All right, moving on. WGW Magic is reporting that a new signature table service dining restaurant will be opening soon in the Japan Pavilion in Epcot at Walt Disney World. The new restaurant will not replace any of the existing dining options, but will be a totally new establishment run by Mitsukoshi, who operates the other restaurants in the pavilion. The restaurant is rumored to be inspired by nature and takumi, which is Japanese for artisanal, which is English for pretentious and unnecessarily overpriced. No official word yet on theming or menu items, but in keeping with the recent park trend of incorporating film successes into the World Showcase pavilions, Surely we can all eagerly anticipate dining at Black Panther's Hibachi Grill and Sushi Bar. A new After the Fireworks dessert party is coming to the Magic Kingdom starting next week. The new menu will not only feature desserts, but also savory snack items like egg rolls and spinach dip, in addition to the ooey gooey toffee cake from Liberty Tree Tavern. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Uh, that sounds like an odd assortment of menu items. Sure, sure. but. Credit where it's due, at least Disney is not letting any of their unordered menu items from other restaurants go to waste. Disney officials also made note that all of the serving tables at the After the Fireworks dessert party will be ECV height, so as not to inconvenience any of their lazier guests. Something for everyone, ladies and gentlemen. And finally, in Disneyland this week, the release of a special edition Infinity Gauntlet Sipper Cup has created quite the stir. This wearable mug looks like the golden glove Thanos wears in the new Avengers movie, Infinity War, complete with all the shiny Infinity Stones. Reports are that within days of its release, the mug was sold out. Disney officials were very pleased with the success of the item, saying, We had never thought we'd be able to unload all those pallets of unused Hulk cans, just a little gold spray paint and a straw. It's a Disney miracle. Chiching. There's your news, everybody. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your moment for us. One, two, one, two, three, four. Thought he'd never leave. Don't go away. Oh no, I can't stand 
sort of come back. I want him to come back. Yeah, that's right. Tell him to come back. I'll come back. You know I'm back to stay. Cause I'm just your little dinosaur. And I could never really go. Welcome back to your DCN This Week show. And now, our e-ticket attraction. This week, our e-ticket attraction is a segment we like to call Check the Narrative, in which we give you the full canon backstory that the Imagineers have created for your favorite Disney attractions. This week, our subject is not just one attraction, but an entire land. Dinoland, USA. If I had a dinosaur, just think what we could do. He could lift me off the floor and take me to the zoo. The year is 1947. The place is the heartland of America. An amateur dinosaur enthusiast and fossil hunter discovers a dog digging up what he believes to be an old dinosaur bone near a fishing lodge in Diggs County which is a small rural area right off US Highway 498. The man excited about his find, but unsure of its authenticity, takes the bone back to some of his paleontologist buddies. The paleontologists verify that these bones are indeed authentic dinosaur bones. The group is overjoyed because it's been years since bones of this caliber have been uncovered in America. And they presume that there must be more. The group finds donors and benefactors and raise enough money to purchase the entire fishing lodge and the surrounding land. They shut down the fishing lodge and they turn it into a makeshift base camp for further study of the area. In mere months, professors and college students are all flocking to Diggs County and they take up residence in the fishing lodge. The lodge has been turned into a dormitory of sorts with a cafeteria for all the students. However, this now very large group of students realize that they're gonna need a lot more funding to continue their work. And since securing donations and grants can prove to be somewhat challenging, they decide to open up their cafeteria to the public to help subsidize their dig. So now weary travelers motoring through Diggs County can now stop and grab a bite at a place the students quickly named Restaurant. Shortly thereafter, seeing the success of Restaurant, the students opened a small counter service restaurant called Dinobite, where again, motorists traveling down Highway 498 could stop for an ice cream cone or a cool beverage. These two culinary endeavors were just the thing to provide the meager funding that they needed to keep moving forward. The students and professors established a dig site near the fishing lodge, and they uncovered many more rare finds. 
there were so many dinosaur bones uncovered that the group renamed the dig site the Boneyard. Now, if you know anything about college students, you know that they work hard, but they also play hard. Perhaps most synonymous with college students is their fondness for pranks. And this group of students, while serious about paleontology, were no different. One recurring joke among the students was to find the different signs littered all over town and add the suffix osaurus behind a word. International osaurus. Bathroom osaurus. Automobile osaurus. Of course, pranks don't just end. Each prank must be overdone by the next. One particularly emboldened student took it upon himself to do the ultimate prank. He climbed up on the roof of the restaurant and erected a large Osaurus sign to the end of the restaurant sign, thus creating Restaurant Osaurus. The surrounding counties were buzzing about the major fossil finds and soon word had spread throughout the entire heartland and tourists were flocking to Diggs County to learn all that they could about the dinosaur bones being unearthed. Tourists would marvel at the boneyard and they would visit the lodge which had now been transformed yet again into an improvised visitor center. The lodge, dormitory, cafeteria, visitor center, museum became a lounge, a recreational area, and a home to all the artifacts discovered in the area. The dig site continued to grow and thus the lodge needed to grow as well to support that work. However, money was not overflowing, so they couldn't just fund the expansion in a traditional sense. The students had to look for creative ways to grow the lodge. Over the years, the students would add onto the lodge using anything that they could find, such as a Quanaset hut for vehicle maintenance. They found these semi-permanent tents that they put adjacent to the hut for extra storage. And then they found an Airstream trailer one day, which they then connected to the lodge for additional recreational space that the students named the hip joint. Inside of all these spaces, the students would leave their mark through artwork, pictures, or pranks that can still be seen today. The Dino Institute was now officially formed and was even offering classes on site to graduate students. However, money remained a constant issue. And if they wanted to grow more, they would need help. In 1973, the founding board members of the Dino Institute reached out to Dr. Helen Marsh to help generate more profits. Dr. Marsh had developed a reputation for saving failing museums and securing additional funding. Shortly after her arrival at the Dino Institute, she used the majority of the capital left to purchase a fledgling company named Chronotech Inc., which had just lost their government funding. Six months after that purchase, she announced to a very shocked scientific community that her new company, Chronotech Inc., in collaboration with the Dino Institute, had invented a vehicle called the CTX Rover, which could travel through time. With this new invention, scientists could travel back in time and study the dinosaurs alive in their natural habitats. The success of the CTX Rover made the Dino Institute and Chronotech Inc. a success overnight. Dr. Marsh commissioned a new state-of-the-art Dino Institute facility 
built near the old fishing lodge, which was dedicated officially on April 22, 1978. With this new state-of-the-art facility and the production of more CTX rovers, Dr. Marsh soon announced that she will open the doors to the facility to even non-scientists, the regular public, because she believes that everyone should experience the awe of seeing a dinosaur firsthand. Of course, a substantial amount of money to be made off this endeavor shouldn't be dismissed as the driving force behind this decision. The World Paleontological Society was not thrilled with the announcement. The president, Dr. Vladimir Boronovsky, said this type of technology requires years of more thorough testing before being open to the public. Dr. Marsh dismissed his comments by saying her staff had tested the rover extensively and everyone is saying the same thing. It's fast, it's a blast, and it's in the past. Dr. Marsh's hubris grows, and as such, the people working with her in the new Dino Institute develop a haughty attitude towards the scientific community, and especially to the professors and grad students still playing in the dirt over there in the boneyard, trying to uncover those quaint dinosaur bones. Dr. Marsh grows tired of the students and their pranks, but believes it's beneath her to do anything about it. So the students run free throughout the town. The students and professors remain in control of the fishing lodge and even the local radio station, which has been taken over by two students who call themselves Digger and Bonehead, who play all dino themed music all day long. The Dino Institute remains in Dr. Marsh's control, and as such, it remains a refined place of upstanding decorum and cutting-edge scientific discovery. Further up Highway 498 from the fishing lodge is a gas station run by an older couple named Chester and Hester. All of this new traffic in the town and all these tourists to the area, it should have helped their little gas station grow, but they've become frustrated because everyone else seems to be making a lot of money except them. Chester and Hester were determined to find ways to increase their profits. So as tourists started flocking to the town, Chester and Hester started selling souvenirs and little tacky knickknacks in their gas station. In a short period of time, the gifts were outselling the gas. So they converted the entire service station into a large gift shop called Chester and Hester's Dinosaur Treasures. Chester and Hester's Dinosaur Treasures was a huge success and profits were rising exponentially the older couple knew that to make more money, they needed to expand more. So they took their profits from the gifts and they bought the land across Highway 498. It's an old abandoned parking lot and they built a small amusement park, a perfect location to attract passing tourists. Chester and Hester's Dino-Rama was born and is still running strong, giving scientists and passing tourists a little break from dinosaur hunting. 
Today, the Dino Institute still offers tours to the public that take them back to the Cretaceous period to see all those magnificent creatures. The professors and students still believe that studying dinosaur bones and fossil records are vital to our understanding, so they continue to work and play in the old fishing lodge or Restaurantosaurus, which is now a museum, a visitor center, a dormitory, a cafeteria. And you can visit the dig site and you can see their work firsthand and you can visit the lodge and see the history of the group, their humble beginnings, their first major finds, the endless pranks on each other. It's all there for you inside the old fishing lodge. And now you know the history of Dinoland USA. Next time you go, really take the time to explore the area. You'll find all the pieces of evidence of this backstory. You'll see all the pranks by the students. And no doubt, you'll have a really great time in this small county off Highway 498. Understanding the backstory is a new way to experience an attraction you may not have appreciated fully before. Uh, perhaps even attractions you've dismissed or written off become so much more once you dig a little deeper into them. But sometimes digging deeper into something doesn't make it better. Sometimes more knowledge about something exposes that the hype may not be fully earned. Next up, our correspondent Brooke discusses different aspects of Disney that may have been overhyped, and upon further inspection were, oh, disappointing. Brooke is our very own DCN princess. She's known as the podcaster with the heart of gold, and yeah, I think it goes without saying, but she has charm for days. The vast majority of the time, she's sweet and positive about all things Disney, so when she isn't impressed by something, you should definitely pay attention. This is a segment we like to call Brooke's Not Impressed, and tonight, Brooke's not impressed with a certain popular food item at Disney World. Brooke? Thank you, Tommy. Of course, Disney is known for world-class attractions, theme parks, and shows, but equally as amazing as the food at the theme parks. There is so much variety from Indian food to barbecue, to sushi, to African cuisine, to Southern home cooking. If you want it, chances are the Disney parks have it and have it good. There are certain food items in the parks that come and go, and there are some that curiously reach cult status among Disney fans. You may be familiar with some. There's the chimichanga in Disneyland, pulled pork mac and cheese in Disney World, 
mochi in Tokyo Disneyland, churros literally everywhere, school bread in Epcot, and the quintessential Disney food craze, the Dole Whip. The various stands that sell Dole Whip across the Disney park always have lines of people waiting for their treat. What makes up this groundbreaking dessert, you ask? Well, it's pineapple vanilla soft serve mixed together with the most important ingredient, Disney magic. But seriously, that's it. It's pineapple soft serve. Well, unless you get the Dole Whip float, in which case they add pineapple juice. The waits are not ever too long because it moves fairly quickly, but there are always people there. It's constant. The consistent waits are not the only evidence of the treat's popularity. No, if you had never tried a Dole Whip, surely you would not be unaware of its popularity because walk into any Disney gift shop and you'll find Dole Whip t-shirts, plushes, kitchen items, and more. A Dole Whip stuffed animal? Come on. A basic pineapple vanilla ice cream has been turned into a Disney craze and a merchandise cash cow. I mean, honestly, on that note, I'm kind of impressed. I remember when I first tried a Dole Whip. I heard all the hype and saw the lines, but I kept asking myself, how good could a pineapple vanilla ice cream really be? I mean, it sounds pretty basic. Could it really be as amazing as people say it is? And then I tried it. That first cool bite hit my tongue and I knew that I was exactly right. I'm just gonna say it and it's time we all admit it. There's nothing special about the Dole Whip. It's exactly how it sounds, if not eh, more vanilla, if you will. Is it bad? No. Is it overrated? Absolutely. Let's just say I wouldn't wait in line for it. I definitely won't buy a shirt with it on it. I mean, unless it's a really cool shirt. But all in all, it's a bit overhyped and I'm just not impressed. Here it is. It's time for another moment for us. Hello.
time, travelers. Place all loose items in the pouch in front of you. Fasten your seatbelt and remain seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the time rover. And please watch children. Time travel commencing in T minus 10 seconds and counting. This is Seeker. Listen up. We've got to get in, grab the Iguanodon, and get out before that asteroid hits. Let's roll! Let's go get that dino. Computer, what are you tracking? Cyracosaurus. Not our dino. Warning, meteor shower in range. Just little one. Oleoramus. Hadrosaur. Raptor. Time to get serious. Locking autopilot on homing signal now! a big dino on the scope. Could be ours. Computer, full stop. Identify. Carnotaurus. Definitely not our dino. Go, go, go! Another big guy coming up. Computer. Slow and identify. Sauropod. Still not our dino, but at least this one's a vegetarian. Whoops. Asteroid impact in 90 seconds. We better move it. Pterodactyl. Incoming! Asteroid impact in 60 seconds. We can't stop now. Keep going, keep going. Computer, what's happening? Loss of traction. Four-wheel drive, move Warning, meteor strut. Evasive maneuver! Right, left, right, left! That was close. Computer, now what? Carnotaurus. That's it! Abort mission! Abort! Abort! Iguanodon. Forget it! Get them out now! Asteroid impact. Fight yourself! accomplished. You made it! I knew you would, and guess who made it back with you? I better find it before security does. Thanks for everything! Please gather personal belongings from the pouch in front of you and remain seated until the rover comes to a complete stop. Thank you all for joining us on your DCN This Week show. It's a pleasure having you with us, but sadly, now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. 
Tune in next week for more news, facts, information, and we'll see if my ego can fit through the door of a club-level room at the Grand Californian. Proud of you. Good night, everybody.